Welcome to Brazen, a weekly podcast where we get down and dirty on how we can live a more bold, curious, and vibrant life. We are your hosts, Callie Hughes, a self-care coach and nurse practitioner, and Valerie King-Maller, a business growth and mindset coach. In this podcast, we are helping women stop people-pleasing and perfectionism, awaken their inner badass, and discover what can happen when we take the lead in our own life. Join us as we explore everything available to us when we brazenly take accountability for our life and well-being. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Brazen Podcast. We are your hosts, Callie and Valerie, and today we are going to be talking about three different types of feedback that you should be giving as a leader and tips on how to give that kind of feedback. So before we dive into it, let me share something that I am loving this week. So it's another book recommendation for my fellow bookworms out there. It is the book Unreasonable Hospitality by Will Gadara. And I personally listened to this on Audible and I thought that it was a really good listen. He gives a lot of like stories from his experiences and you know, like little vignettes and case studies. And so it's really good to listen to, I thought. And it gives such a good perspective on how to do the whole like customer service, like client experience, like how to really just go above and beyond in ways that are sustainable and also scalable. So it's kind of a really interesting twist on you know, the whole concept that we all know of like, you know, taking care of your customer or your client. So if that sounds interesting to you, I really encourage you to check it out because it's a really quick read and it has a lot of really valuable nuggets of information in there. So that's what I'm loving this week. And now Valerie, do you want to kind of kick us off and Give us some examples of the three types of feedback that we should be giving as a leader. So yeah, feedback is something that is probably the hardest part about being a manager. And I think we've talked about it before, but it goes back a little bit to the concept of a fear of conflict. And so when you become a new manager, having to give feedback to your peers can be really difficult, but it is probably the most significant thing you do as a leader and in terms of developing your staff. So the first thing is coaching and that type of feedback can be done publicly. It's not super aggressive or anything that should sort of ruin your relationship with anyone in any way if it's done publicly. It's basically just saying, hey, just a heads up, this is actually how we do something. Or let me show you some tips on how to do that a little faster and more efficiently. It's basically just the person doesn't know how to do their job yet. And you're just giving them coaching tips to be more successful. And 
that stuff seems kind of like no brainer, but can be actually pretty hard for managers to do because they do feel like it's a judgment call, but it truly is just giving the person the tools to be successful. So really embracing that. And you should be doing that type of coaching all day. It's something that is not, you know, done once a week or once a month. Like you should be coaching your team and developing them every single day. Yeah. I know that as somebody who traditionally has shied away big time from any kind of conflict or like what could in my mind be like a confrontational conversation, the coaching was a really tough concept for me to embrace at first when I was like a new baby manager leader, but something that kind of helped me get over that mental hurdle was really just telling myself that it is not a big deal because I just got so in my head about it. And I like built it up to be this huge thing. And then I would psych myself out and not say anything and then be like frustrated with myself for not saying anything. And then you know, they keep doing things the way they were doing them. And then maybe it starts developing into a pattern, which we're going to talk about next. And then it becomes a big deal and something that you don't want to deal with even more. So the way that I kind of halted that whole snowball was just telling myself, it is not a big deal. Like I can just be like, super casual about it and be just like you said, like, Hey, just a heads up. Like, here's a tip that I learned that makes this process a whole lot easier. Let me show you. And so I think that was like the biggest mental shift I needed to make when I became a leader and kind of in charge of, you know, growing the staff that I was working with. So just know if that's you, you are not alone and you are going to definitely want to get over that because it is going to make your life so much easier if you can just take those little things that you're noticing in the very beginning and nip them in the bud. And then they don't turn into like this whole big issue that you need to sit down and have like a closed door meeting about. And it's just so much better for everybody. So get really good at being okay with coaching and giving like that really casual, constant feedback to people in a positive way. Yeah. And you bring up some really good points. Like it does snowball into more and more difficult conversations if you're not doing this first step. And I think you should take it even further and know that like, it's your responsibility to do this. And you just are helping someone learn the ins and outs of the job. And it's just really important. You can even say, Hey, I'm pretty sure you probably haven't been shown this before, but let me show you this now. If you want to remove any sense that you're making a judgment call on them. But the second step and type of feedback is the performance feedback. And that is when you've seen patterns of sort of bad behavior or patterns where you know that you've coached someone multiple times and you're still seeing the same sort of mistakes over and over again. 
And this is something that's a little bit more serious. It is a closed door meeting. And that's where you are kind of just talking about like, hey, we've seen this pattern. And I want to talk a little bit about how we can work together to help you overcome it. And so you should go into the session with a collaborative air. It doesn't need to be like you're in there yelling at someone for 10 minutes about how bad they are. I think going into the meeting, assuming that the person isn't trying to do a bad job so that you're not kind of going at it like they're this villain, it can be really helpful in how you present it in a respectful way. And when you are sitting down with them, it is very collaborative. Like, what can I do to help support you to overcome these issues? And also, in turn, what are you going to do to meet me halfway there? And just kind of coming up with a plan. But once you've done that, I think it's very important to follow up um, and make sure that you let them know if you've seen improvement, because a lot of times people feel that they're on the hot seat and that they continue to be on the hot seat if you have one of these meetings. So just checking in with them, whether you put it in your calendar to check in a week later or a couple of weeks later, or just when you've seen improvement, you mentioned to them, Hey, it really does seem like you're making an effort. Like, I just want you to know that I've noticed that. And that will really help foster your relationship with that person. And it will also help them feel that they are making positive movement and growth towards sort of the end goal. Yeah. And there are some barriers to people not wanting to provide this kind of feedback or feeling like a lot of internal resistance to this. And it, again, goes back to the fear of conflict. Like one of the really common reasons is that the person that you need to have this conversation with is really emotionally immature. It's like a really that's like a really PC way of just saying like they tend to be a dick, you know? <laughs> and so if you struggle with those confrontational conversations and you know that that tends to be the way that they respond to anything that they deem as like a criticism or like a, you know, threat or anything that they lash out it's going to make this conversation feel so much more threatening for you. And so some tips that I have learned personally through my own experience coaching people who are emotionally immature and kind of dysregulated is just what Valerie said, like go into it, even if like deep down, you kind of have your own suspicions of like what their motivations might be or whatever. Just kind of tell yourself going into this meeting that you're going to go into it with the assumption of positive intent, like giving them the benefit of the doubt and going into kind of just like give them this feedback and then get out. Because I think that if you're really nervous around this kind of a conversation. That's a common pitfall of just like going in being like, you need to work on this, 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 and this, and then like ending the meeting, which, you know, that's really not a collaborative conversation. And it's really not going to do a lot to kind of get 
their side of like what's going on for them or what the barriers might be to them, you know, not having whatever this pattern is. And so just go into it thinking, okay, we're going to assume that they're not trying to piss me off. We're going to go into this assuming that they are trying to be a good employee and a good team member. And this is just something that they are struggling with for some reason. And like, you're curious about what that might be and how you might help them. It's a really easy way to kind of like bring down the anxiety that you might have about that. Yeah. I really love that you brought up the word curious, because I think that going into any type of meeting where you're at this level being curious about what's going on can be really helpful, particularly if it's an employee who has generally had good performance and all of a sudden you see a decline mm-hmm. in performance. I think going into it and saying, Hey, like, are you okay? This isn't very typical of you. And like, I've seen, you know, mm-hmm. just this pattern in the last couple of weeks. And I'm just kind of curious, like, are you okay? And just asking an open-ended question and let them talk to you about it. And I think it can be very eye-opening that, you know, they might have something going on in their personal life, or they may be struggling with a coworker or another manager, or there's just a lot that you might learn in that session that can really help you kind of reset the tone for the meeting where it might be, okay, like, let's talk about how to get through that particular thing. And so I do like the idea of just going in with some curiosity as to why this thing has become a pattern. Yeah. And something else that I've heard that's really helpful to getting people on your side and kind of working to tackle whatever the issue might be as a team, as opposed to like it being you versus them, is to sort of frame it like, hey, I'm noticing this issue and I need your help to, I don't know, fill in the blank, like fix whatever this issue is or do things differently. There's something with the psychology of saying like, I need your help with X, Y, Z. And it just kind of has them make the mental shift of like, okay, this isn't like a you versus me adversarial relationship. Like you're on my team. And so I don't need to fight you here. It brings the tension and like the anxiety level of the employee down a lot. And so it's going to really help to lessen their reactivity if they do tend to be sort of volatile in these types of situations. Yeah. And I also want to talk about if the conversation doesn't go well and either it doesn't go well on your end and you're not very proud of how you presented something or maybe you lost your cool or whatever the situation is, but also if it doesn't go well on their end. And so for the first thing, if you're not super proud about how you interacted during the meeting, I definitely recommend kind of taking a breath, (laughs) take a few minutes you know, let them leave and then maybe meet again towards the end of the day, definitely by the end of the day and just say, I'm like, really sorry. I didn't present that in the way that I most wanted to, but like, can we just start again? Because I do want to make sure that we have a chance to talk about this message and just being really vulnerable and saying, you know, I'm sorry, that wasn't how I expected it to go can show a lot of strength and can repair that particular relationship. And the reason I say to do it before the end of the day is you don't want them leaving like 
with kind of that tension. Cause I think that can build very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. so I always try to have it, a manager talk to them by the end of the day, if they leave and you kind of like alluded to this when they're just kind of an employee that can be a dick when they are <laughs> being talked to in not so many words, um, there is a point where if they are unable to take feedback, it's something you need to address. And if you almost feel bullied in that you can't meet with them because you know for the rest of the day that they're going to be a jerk to everyone or they'll be in a really bad mood or they'll be bad with your customers and clients, then that is something you need to address (laughs) either in that particular conversation or pulling them aside and saying, hey, I know we had this rough conversation this morning, but like, you can't bring that energy out here. And, you know, if you need to leave, like we can arrange that or, you know, if we need to have a follow-up conversation or whatever, but like you're in control of that situation and you have a right to do what you need to do to sort of make it clear that that's unacceptable. And I think a future follow-up conversation is that feedback is crucial to people's growth (laughs) at work. And so if they're not able to take feedback, it might not be a great fit for them and not as sort of a threatening way, but truly like you can't grow in a position if you're not able to take the feedback. So I think just addressing both of those situations as quickly as you can is super important. Yeah, I would echo that. And just to reassure you, if you have had these types of conversations and it kind of makes you gun shy to want to have this kind of conversation with anybody ever again in the rest of your life, (laughs) because I've been there, you know, just know that it's not a reflection of necessarily how you presented the information And you're not responsible for somebody else's emotions or how somebody else reacts or responds to what you say. You are only responsible for yourself, your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors. And so, you know, if they're really volatile and hostile and kind of have that knee-jerk reaction to just get really angry and defensive, that's a sign that they have some growth that they need to do, just emotional intelligence-wise. And so, you know, that might be an angle for you to kind of revisit that conversation with and be like, hey, I just want to talk about this because I'm noticing you're not acting like your usual self. Like maybe they're giving you the silent treatment. Maybe they're kind of being really passive aggressive, like walking around, like slamming drawers, slamming doors, like just doing that stuff that really just puts everybody on edge and makes them feel like they have to walk on eggshells. That is something that you can't ignore because Again, it's going to bring the morale of your entire team down if they see this person's allowed to act like that and there's no follow-up to it. So just revisit it and kind of approach it in a way that's like, hey, I kind of am seeing this. Let's talk about it because you can't act like that. And how can I support you in becoming more okay with like having these kinds of conversations and getting feedback. You know, that's also kind of going into it with 
more of like a collaborative, like curiosity based approach that I have learned is quite effective with these types of people. It really kind of like takes their defensiveness down a notch, especially when you address the issue directly in a kind and regulated way. Like they don't know how to respond to that. And you might actually be able to start a good conversation with them. I think that even asking kind of relatively newly in your interaction with an employee, you can ask them, how do you best like to receive feedback? Because also sometimes they prefer written feedback as opposed to kind of a conversation. And I always suggest doing it in person when you can, but some people don't do well in that situation. So they'd prefer like notes after the meeting or, you know, so I think just even asking them that is can be very helpful. Yeah. And like normalize that by making it a standard part of your onboarding process with a new employee. Easy peasy, (laughs) non-confrontational, you know, gets it out of the way early. (laughs) Yes. And then number three is when you need to put someone on an action plan or probation. And obviously this is when we're getting to a point where the patterns that you've been seeing after you've talked to someone that you haven't seen any improvement, if anything, it sometimes is going downhill even more. And when you get to this point, you should have had probably multiple conversations unless it's something really egregious. And so if you've done that and you in your conscience have felt that you've done a lot on the kind of performance feedback level and you can't see kind of any more path forward, that's when you might want to bring out an action plan and probation And for this particular type of feedback, you need to be very clear with your action steps about what needs to change in order for this person to continue to work at your place. You need to give all of the detailed steps. You likely should meet weekly with them to talk about their progress or whether you've seen any progress. And most importantly, you should have an end date so that they know they're kind of working within this period And it should be something that's done obviously in private and it should be something that's a document that you kind of go over with them and it should be something that they also should sign and you should make sure that they're very clear on the steps so that you've basically not left anything on the table. Like you've really outlined exactly what you're hoping to achieve over the period of time that you've set for this particular thing and just, you know, it's time to be like really honest with them about just feeling like this might not be the best fit, but if they want to continue working here, this is what you need to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not necessarily phrasing it like an ultimatum, but just be like, you know, exactly what Valerie said. It's like, you know, this is what we need to see in order for this to continue working. And, you know, they can choose to follow the plan or not. But Val, I'm curious from your experience, just in the various leadership roles that you've held, what happens when, you know, they kind of get their act together while they're on probation, things seem to be going well, they've checked off all the boxes, they've done what you've asked them to do. And so then they're off probation and then you see them starting to slide into those old 
you know, complacent or like negative behavior patterns that got them in trouble in the first place? Where do you go from there if they've already been on probation and had an action plan for that same thing? That's a really good question. You know, when I think of probation or an action plan, I think this is me being very honest with an employee that this is kind of like our expectations and like this is your kind of formula to being able to stay in this role comfortably. And it's both for us and for the employee to kind of understand where we are in the relationship. I think that it depends kind of how egregious the performance stuff can be. But I think that a lot of times now that you've had that successful probation or action plan period, you can go back to them and say, Hey, like, we know you can do this for three months or six months. Like what happened since kind of the deadline? And you can kind of have like, go back to the sort of performance feedback and say, like, we saw, you know, amazing improvement, like what's happening now? Like, is this not sustainable? And kind of just opening up to another sort of curious conversation. And so that usually would be my approach, but obviously it depends on kind of like how bad the performance is Mm. after that. So that wraps up some information on the feedback you should be giving. We always have lots of notes about this because this is a very particular topic for leaders and one that they struggle with, as we said in the beginning, the most. But also, if you are a new manager or if you've just hired a new manager, we do offer a new manager 90-minute virtual Zoom session that's basically a head start into all of the all things management. It can be very personalized if you have a specific topic like you're hiring your first employee or you need to fire someone. We're not legal attorneys, but we can give you kind of the tips on how to do those particular things. Also just your leadership style and how to add more positive leadership into your workplace. So you can find a link to that in the show notes, or you can go to brazenwomen.com slash coaching and you'll find more there. So that wraps up another episode of the Brazen Podcast. Come back next week for more. And until then, keep being brazen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brazen Podcast. We'd love to hear more about your parenthood or child-free journey, so please feel free to email us at hello at brazenwomen.com. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and share the episode so we can get the word out there. We'll be back here next Tuesday, but in the meantime, keep being brazen.